Welcome to the Inspiring Heights Podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Kaiser, and I am so excited to be here with you today. Inspiring Heights exists to walk alongside you as we learn to create healthy rhythms, flourish in our faith, and be inspired where our feet are. We're honored that you're with us today. We can't wait. Let's get started. Hi, friends. Welcome to episode 15. Today, we're going to talk all about doing a two-thirds of the year check-in. For most of us who set goals, we use January 1st as that start date for our goals for the year. And then we sometimes use the month of June as like a mid-year check-in. Being halfway through the year, it feels kind of natural to dust off those goals and check in on our progress. The problem is that June is right in the heart of summertime. We're busy, we're vacationing, we're swimming, we're perfecting our Chaco tans, and goals can sometimes just feel really far off in that less structured summer season. However, as August has arrived, we're now gearing back up for fall and that structure begins to creep back into our lives. We're going to bed a little sooner, we're getting up a little earlier, and we're starting to build back the structure that we've maybe even just a little missed for the past couple of months. So while it might seem odd to do a two-thirds of the year check-in, mostly because who does that, right? I would actually argue that for the very reason I just said, August is an ideal month for mid-year check-in. Taking some time to methodically review the goals that we set at the beginning of the year can set us up for success versus that end of the year, well, shoot, I still haven't gotten through that pile of books on my bedside table feeling. Maybe you're wondering why an entire podcast episode needs to be dedicated to looking at our goals and saying, yay or nay, they still matter, or that's really funny that I thought I could get that done this year. But I think I've learned a few tricks that I can share with you to help make this process a little bit more meaningful. First things first, we need to review our yearly goals and make sure they're still important. Can we be honest? When we write our goals between Christmas and New Year's, we tend to be enthusiastically optimistic about how many hours there are in a day. We also are generally coming off the excitement of the holidays and holding a great deal of anticipation for the upcoming year. All of that energy is great. I've said this before, but that week between Christmas and New Year's is one of my most favorite weeks of the entire year. But with that being said, as life begins to pick back up to its normal pace on January 2nd, some of those goals that we thought were important seem to lose their significance in the hustle and bustle of our day-to-day life. Doing this check-in in the month of August is a great time to just reevaluate. You've now lived through winter, spring, and summer. You have a super solid idea by this time of the year what is realistic and what is really maybe a pipe dream for another year. And not only can you evaluate for the time that you have to accomplish the goals that you set, but you can also do a review to ensure that they still matter to you. Reading 100 books a year can feel really important on December 31st, but two-thirds into the year, you may realize you actually despise reading. 
listening to podcasts is much more enjoyable. Can I just pause here and say, sister, be free. The only person holding you to that goal is you. Now, I'm not saying you should dismiss a goal because it's pushing or stretching or growing you. All of those things are uncomfortable, but they're beautiful. But if a goal is just downright miserable, it might be time to set it free. One way to determine this, if a goal is simply enjoyable or you're just walking through the uncomfortableness of growth, is to go back and evaluate the purpose of the goal that you started with. Was reading a hundred books an attempt to help you relax at the end of the day? Or was it to make you a more well-informed citizen, mom, wife, Christian, leader? The next question then is, is the goal serving the purpose that you intended? So let's say the goal's purpose was relaxation and you literally hate reading. Adios, a hundred book goal. It was nice to know you. I'll settle for the calm app and a cup of peppermint tea for my relaxation methods. Thank you very much. But let's say that the goal was to become more well-informed. When you overlay that second question over the goal, is reading a hundred books helping me to become more well-informed? You can really determine here if it's worth the stretching or if it isn't. If you've learned a ton and absorbed what you read, maybe this is just the discipline that you've been needing. On the other hand, if you aren't retaining anything you've read, you aren't only behind on your book reading goal, it actually isn't serving the underlying purpose. I would encourage you here, if you go through this exercise and determine that your goals need to change, Consider what you could replace the goal with to get you closer to your actual targeted purpose. Like switching from reading 100 books to listening to 100 podcast episodes on motherhood, Christianity, leadership, whatever that thought is for you. All right. Once you've reviewed your goals, scratched some of them out, written new ones, it's time to prioritize. Remember that little trick that I talk a lot about naming the most important thing? Yeah, that totally applies here. By this stage in the goal check-in process, I am, and I assume or hope that you will be, feeling revitalized and excited again. We've pivoted to match the reality of our year, and these goals are now feeling much more likely to be achieved and to really matter. The thing is, even if we've pared down, crossed off, or added to get to a more meaningful list of goals, they're likely still aimed at a few different targets. Things like reading 25 books, doing a deep clean of the entire house, and saving X amount of dollars for a vacation fund by the end of the year. Those are really good goals. They are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. But they're also very different, and they require different parts of your time, your energy, and your resources. When we're naming the most important thing, you aren't submitting to the idea that you won't accomplish all that you wish to. You're simply just helping yourself determine upfront what the priority is. This is so that when school activities consume more time than we had planned, or work hours unexpectedly increased, or we get that summons for jury duty for three whole months, we can now build our rhythms and routines in a way that set ourselves up for reaching the goals that matter the most. Prioritizing is done with the information that you've already gathered and maybe written down if you're an analog person. 
It's looking back and seeing what the purpose of each goal is and then determining which one matters the most to you. Maybe the purpose of that deep cleaning goal is so that your home feels cozy, warm, welcoming, and safe. Maybe saving money for the vacation is because your family is planning a big family vacation to Mexico next year and you need $2,000 to make that happen. Once you evaluate the purpose behind the goal, what matters the most should be very easy to determine. Now that we have reanalyzed our goals, pivoted and prioritized, it's time for the fun part, making a plan and charting the course. Some goals require routine and or rhythm change. Other goals require strict discipline and structure. I would contend to you that sometimes we get those two things confused and that can actually lead us to hating the very thing we're setting out to accomplish. I'm going to circle back to the book reading scenario. Reading 25 books in a year is a goal that can be accomplished through appropriate rhythms or routines. Say, for example, that you read each morning before work or at lunch on your break, or maybe you're a bedtime reader. You could meet your goal of 25 books by simply switching from scrolling through Facebook for your entire lunch break to making it a priority to pick up a book for a little bit. All too often, though, I find myself and others turn a goal like reading a book into a super strict discipline. Read 30 pages a day or read 60 minutes Monday through Friday and 90 minutes on Saturday and Sunday. With an approach like this, All of a sudden, we've turned a hobby into a chore, and it drives disdain towards the activity that was actually meant for pleasure. And here's the thing about a goal like reading. There's actually a really high likelihood that we might find ourselves reading outside of our scheduled time. Camping vacation? Hello, my favorite Karen Kingsbury book. Weekend at home sick? Nothing better to do than pick up a book. Sunday afternoons for rest is a great time for reading. A strict reading regimen isn't required here because by allowing ourselves the freedom to enjoy the process, we tend to naturally move towards it in our free time. On the flip side, there are goals that do require strict discipline or structure. Saving a certain amount of money for a family vacation is an example of that. If you're living on a structured income that doesn't fluctuate very much throughout the year, if you don't set aside a certain amount of money each paycheck, you won't reach your goal. Unlike reading when you get the itch, you probably won't find yourself itching to transfer money into a savings account, right? So that goal would require the discipline of savings and a structure mapped out to accomplish it. I have a few filters that you can run through your goals to determine if they require structured discipline or some simple changes in rhythm and routine. First, ask yourself, do I already do the things that are getting me closer to the goal? Am I already tidying a room a month in my house? Do I do a deep spring cleaning and I actually only have a few nooks and crannies left before my entire home is reset? Do I enjoy picking up a book when I have time? If the answer to this question is yes, that could be a good indication that a simple addition to your routine can get you to your goal. If the answer here is no, that could mean a more structured approach is needed. Do I enjoy the work needed to achieve the goal? 
Does cleaning excite you? Does seeing your savings account grow bring you enough joy to keep you from buying those pens? If so, perhaps a routine is all that you need. However, if you despise cleaning day, or you can't even remember that you have a savings account when you're at the office supply store, structure will be your friend. Consider how much time might be needed to achieve the goal. If it seems that without a certain amount of pages read per day, dollars saved per month, or rooms dusted per week, you positively will not succeed? Yep, you got it. Structure is needed. If there's room for space, the goal is achievable with some flexibility, routine might be the fit. I'm not here to tell you what to do, right? Right. I would though really encourage you to write next to your goal, routine, or structure. Once you know, the next step is to determine what the routine or structure needs to be to get you towards the goal. As you might have guessed, I have some thoughts on how to do that too. First, how much do I need to dedicate towards the goal? How much time, money, energy, days away, late nights, early mornings, whatever it is. Starting with how much will help you to determine the where, the when, and the how. So where? Where does the how much fit into my life? I need to read five books a month from now to the end of the year to accomplish my goal. Where does reading time fit best into my schedule? Where does finding the books I want to read fit into my schedule? Consider the goal in its entirety and all the little details that are involved and then decide where it fits. There are two things to consider when you're thinking about the when. When does it fit in my life and when does it need to be accomplished by? We've been aimed at year-end goals, but perhaps you have a goal that has to be completed before the other one can be accomplished. If so, you'll want to map out when that needs to happen. The other when, when it fits in my life, will help you mark out the space. Put money in my savings account monthly. Focus on one zone of the house for deep cleaning per week. And then the how. How do I make this happen? You've already decided if it's structured or routine. You know when, where, and how many. Now you write down the how. It's almost like taking the noun, the verb, and the adjective and making a sentence. I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. three days a week to read before work. I'm going to log into my bank account on the last Friday of the month and transfer $100 to my vacation fund. And as simple as that, you have revitalized your goals and you are now ready for the last one-third of the year. I hope these tips and tricks were helpful for you, friends, and that you can take some time this week to review your goals and prepare yourself as we step into this fall season. I want to take a second to tell you what's been inspiring me this week. This past weekend, Hubby and I went on vacation with a group of friends to Medora, North Dakota. Medora is one of my favorite places that I have ever been. It is this really charming, quaint little town in the Badlands of North Dakota. It is beautiful there. It is cozy and welcoming and quaint um, and simple. I just, I love that town so much. And Whenever Hubby and I are in a car together for a long period of time, we tend to have some really good conversations. We dream together, 
We talk about how life is going. We do some good check-ins with each other. It's just a good time for us to talk. And one of the things that we got to talking about was how much time we've been spending in front of screens. Social media, TV, computers, whatever that it is, we've spent a lot of time in front of screens. And as we talked through that, we decided two things. One, we really needed to do a social media cleanse. Like we work on the internet, right? (laughs) This podcast is on the internet and I communicate with you guys through social media and I'm not going to stop doing that. But what was happening is we had gotten into a rhythm where we were on social media a lot, a lot. It was consuming a lot of our time. And so we're like, hey, we just need to pause that for a little bit and give ourselves some space to think and be free of comparison and just all the things that come with being on social media. And the second thing is, hey, we want to limit the amount of TV that we watch every night. It can be really easy to get into the habit of like, coming home after a long day, eating supper and watching TV and then going to bed and doing it all over again the next day. And we're like, man, that is just not, it's just not what we want. We want to be really mindful of the time that the Lord has given us. We want to have more time where we can be in good conversation with each other and pursue other things that matter to us way, way more than sitting in front of a screen. So when we got home this week, we have not been on social media except for work-related type things. And we have really, really, really limited the amount of TV that we're watching. And I just have felt so much freedom, so much freedom to enjoy the evenings, not be distracted. When Ben is talking to me, I'm not distracted. I'm not distracted by my phone because I'm not looking at anything. I'm not distracted by the TV because it isn't on. I can give my full attention to him. I can give my full attention to our dogs. And it's just been very freeing. So that's what's been inspiring me this week, friends. Take a second and consider what's been inspiring you this week. I want to take just a second to remind you that the Inspiring Heights giveaway is live. There's a couple of ways that you can get your name in the drawing. First, Visit our website at inspiringheights.org, hover your mouse over the contact us link, select email sign up, and fill in your information. We are now releasing our monthly newsletter, Inspiration from the Moment, at the end of every month. The other ways you can get your name in the drawing is by leaving us a review on the platform that you listen to the Inspiring Heights podcast and share us on your social media accounts. The drawing will take place once the podcast has hit 650 downloads. Friends, thank you so much for being here today. It means the world to us. Hey, you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Inspiring Heights. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And if you're so inclined, go ahead and leave us a review. This helps for new listeners who haven't heard the podcast to kind of get a feel for what the show is like before they even hit play. If you have friends who aren't yet subscribers, share this with them if this is something you think that would be helpful and encouraging to them. Okay, friends, until next time, take a deep breath and be inspired where your feet are. Bye for now.